0: Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Friday to you on this final Friday of February, February 24th. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. The sun is shining out the window today. There's a fish fry with my name on it this evening. I just don't know which one yet, but I have some thoughts on that. And we have an hour together this morning, so let's make the most of this time together. We begin in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, on this Friday, we've got a lot in store for you. We are going to be hearing about the upcoming Eucharistic Congress from Joel Stepanek. We're going to wrap up. Over the last few weeks, we've been having these conversations with Steve Wood about Knowledge of our worldview. You know, earlier this week we asked that question: "What's wrong with the world?" Right? You know, loaded question if ever there was one. Um, But we're going to wrap up that conversation today, and then also for our radio listeners, we've got a reflection for you on uh, adoration and the holy hour. And you know, we've just got we've got a couple things: the Lenten battle that we have begun. So you'll have to stay tuned for all of that and more. Now, in spite of the fact or despite the fact that the sun is shining this morning, it was a little chillier outside than I anticipated. And my little thing on my computer is telling me 24 degrees. But what does the day have in store? Mike Roberts has that answer and our saint of the day. Let's go to him now.
1: Today is the feast day of Saint John Theristus. Born in Italy in the mid-11th century, his mother was captured by the Saracens in Calabria and then taken to Sicily. Not much more is known about John as a young man, except that he had a deep faith and eventually escaped the Saracens and went back to Calabria, where he joined the Benedictines and soon became known for his devotion and his miracles. At one point, severe weather threatened to ruin a critical harvest that would have brought an end to a period of near famine. John got to work, helping in the fields, but he also led the farmers in prayer. And the harvest was not only saved, it was abundant, keeping the local population from starvation. It was from this miracle he gained the name Theristus, which means harvester. He died in 1129, and he is a saint in both the Roman Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox Church, St. John Theristus. Please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. You may have heard about the upcoming Eucharistic Congress in the year 2024, which seems like a long way off. But, you know, it's one of those things, I'm sure, the more we talk about it, at some point we're going to say, wow, I can't believe it's here already that we're in 2024 and we're at the Eucharistic Congress. And today to kick off... All of the discussions we're going to have about it here on Roadmap to Heaven, we're happy to welcome Joel Stepanik. Joel is responsible for guiding all of the teams that are really putting their work into the evangelization of this effort. He's a former youth minister. He works with RCIA in his parish. All-around great guy. Joel, it's great to have you with us this morning.
2: Hey, so good to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about... What's coming up here? I mean, we hear this term National Eucharistic Congress, and here in St. Louis where I live, we've had a Eucharistic Congress in the Archdiocese before, but it was a local event, and this is something, you know, I've been walking this earth for 40 years, I don't ever remember hearing this term National Eucharistic Congress before.
2: And you wouldn't have, because the last one took place in Philadelphia about 46 years ago and even that one i don't think was considered a national eucharistic congress to go to our last national eucharistic congress you'd have to go back 83 years just after world war ii that's the last time the united states had a full-on national eucharistic congress so it's been a minute it's been definitely past both of our lifetimes and for some of our most senior members of our church maybe they remember that one after World War II and a few more might remember the one in Philadelphia uh, just over 45 years ago.
0: Now, you know, I just got back from a men's conference earlier this week and some of our listeners have been, you know, we we all remember the Sikh conference here in St. Louis in January. Uh, Many of my, uh, age bracket, we, we started going to the original Steubenville conferences. So conferences, not necessarily a new term for us, but what can we expect at a five, I mean, this is a five-day event in Indianapolis in the this football stadium that holds 80,000 people. Um, what can we expect to happen in the course of these five days?
2: Yeah, we are going to gather in order to be sent. So we are going to encounter Jesus in a profound way as a community, and then we're going to be sent back To our parishes, our diocese, our families, our communities to continue to engage in the work of the revival. That's one of the things I think is so incredible about this moment in history is the Congress, the Eucharistic Congress is a moment within the bigger movement of this Eucharistic revival. And I love that you brought up student bill conferences because they are indicative of the reality of revival that has been going on in the United States since before the bishops called for this moment. I think that's the genius of this whole thing. And really the work of the Holy Spirit is that when the bishops said, we need a revival, we need a Eucharistic revival, Eucharistic revival was already happening in pockets like wildfires and sparks and the bishops were saying we need to cultivate those things let's find the areas of revival and bring those pieces together let's create places where revival can happen what are the conditions we need within our own hearts first right for revival to start to start there and then how do we create ongoing moments and movements uh, for revival and that's where the congress comes in as this moment where we are going to gather from all across the united states to encounter jesus christ within the eucharist through liturgy through adoration through prayer through fellowship and then we're going to be sent back out back out to continue the work of starting fires of revival uh, within the places where we all reside and that's really the grassroots nature of this which i love and i'm so excited about
0: Let's talk about that for a second here, because, I mean, we, we've been talking about, you know, Steubenville Youth Conference or the Seek Young Adult College Conference. Um, who is the Eucharistic Congress for? I, you know, 80,000 seats again. I imagine you want to see all of those filled. Are, are we just talking, you know, guys our age, Joel? Or are we talking our kids? Or are we talking our parents? Who's invited to this thing?
2: Yeah, this is a conference where anybody of any age is invited. There will be certain uh, tracks that are set apart for people who maybe want to dive in in unique ways to family life, or there will be a track specifically for teenagers that they can go to, places for priests or ministry workers in the church. But really, it's a Congress for anybody who desires to make a difference and be a part of the Eucharistic revival, to be a part of revival again in their parishes, their homes, their schools their communities. So that's who it's for. So it is a little exclusive. If you're a person who's like, "Uh, I'm kind of whatever, I don't really care about Eucharistic revival. Congress probably isn't for you. It's going to be boring. You're going to hear too much about how we can change the world and we can revitalize Eucharistic practice in the United States about how we can invite our friends and family who have fallen away from the church back into the fold and help them have an encounter with Jesus. So if you're not down for any of that, Probably don't come to Congress, but if you are, if you are ready to be a part of Eucharistic revival and to be sent on mission, then it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what part of the United States you live in. It doesn't matter if you are single or you want to bring your family. This Congress is for you.
0: All right. Now, we use words in our Catholic vocabulary all the time, like uh, source and summit or, or my favorite, exitus, reditus. Um, all of these things. But at, at, at their heart, they're all talking about the same thing, that it's our Lord present in the Eucharist that draws us together. It's our Lord present in the Eucharist who sends us forth. Um, what is your hope for those who attend? I mean, how, how will their lives hopefully be different when they walk out of the doors of this Congress and go back to their communities?
2: My sincere hope is that every person who walks through the doors of Lucas Oil Stadium has an encounter with Jesus in a new way. I think a lot of the folks who are going to go, we've had those encounters at maybe as a teenager at a studentville conference, or as a college student at seek, or maybe through a local parish. Um, it could be anything. Is I think sometimes we look at the big moments, but simple moments at Mass, where perhaps we just felt tremendous consolation after receiving the Eucharist. We've had these encounters. My hope is that people have one of those encounters in a new way at the Eucharistic Congress, and they experienced the love of Christ in a profound way over those five days, and it fills them up. We all need renewal. We all need revival ongoing in our own spiritual life. And that the moment of encounter reinforces our desire and our need to bring other people to have that same encounter. If Jesus is savior and the Eucharist is the greatest gift we could be given, how can I not wanna share that with people But our world is difficult, it's dark, it's hard, and we need moments where we remember. And I hope people go to Congress and they remember, and they leave just passionate about bringing other people to that table.
0: Oh, you know, I want to throw into that, if I may. If you're thirsty for this, don't don't just wait for the Congress. Go to your adoration chapel today. You yes. know? go yes. go to mass today and keep going and praying, leading up to the Congress. Now, Joel, we've kind of talked about the whats? So we need to talk a little bit about the how. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Lucas Oil Stadium. I've thrown out there several times. There's 80,000 seats available. This is going to be a big deal. So it might be the kind of thing I want to, go. you know, maybe just my wife and I are going. We're going to register, the two of us. Maybe we're going to get a whole bunch of our friends. We're going to rent a bus. We're going to make that trek across I-70 from St. Louis to uh, Indianapolis and be like, all right, we're here for the Eucharistic revival. We're here to party. We're here to pray. Um, what are the different ways that folks can register for the congregate? Register yeah, for the Congress. Of registr- I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, there's lots. There's lots of registration pathways. Again, to provide opportunities for people to go as an individual, as a group, as a parish, as a family. And you can find information about all of those on eucharisticcongress.org. It'll give you information about each of those registration pathways and how you can register. So if you're a youth minister and you are thinking, this is my summer trip, we're gonna go to Indianapolis with 60 teenagers. There is a full youth pathway and there are special prices available for teenagers to go and be there. If you are a mom and a dad and you wanna bring your family, we encourage that so we have specific pricing available for families. If you're an individual and you're like, I don't know anybody else where my parish is going, but I've got to go. You can register just as an individual, and you can register groups all the way up to 200 people. So gather up a whole delegation from your parish, and as you said, go party, go pray, go be a part of a generational moment in the Catholic Church in the United States.
0: Yeah, and if you're that individual saying, I don't have anybody I know that I can go, don't worry, we're going to introduce you to 79,999 of your best friends while you
2: are there. So, Jill, you mentioned the
0: website. Let's say it again, eucharisticcongress.org.
2: Is that correct? That is correct. Eucharisticcongress.org. You can get all of the information on the Eucharistic Congress there, as well as a really great FAQ section and more ways to get in touch with us. If there are questions on that section that aren't answered for you, we'd love for you to check it out and join us in Indianapolis in 2024.
0: All right. And really quick, before we sign off here, two questions will always be asked. Is there anything available for those who cannot make the trek to Indianapolis? I know the bishops want this revival to spread across the nation. So what's out there for them? And then, uh, with that, for those who are going to be able to make the trek to Indianapolis, how can we start getting ready now?
2: Now, Those are really great questions. So if you are not able to make it, to Indianapolis in July of 2024. There will be a lot of other things happening as a part of the revival. I don't want anybody to think that the Congress is the revival moment. It's not, it's a moment in the revival, but the revival is a movement. So at your diocese and at your parish, there will be things happening that will be a part of the Eucharistic revival in the coming year. I would encourage you, again, revival takes place in our hearts. So go to your Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, Uh, go spend some time with our Lord, maybe make the schedule work so you can go to a daily Uh, in addition to our Sunday obligation during the week, find ways to allow revival to take place in your heart. Um, There will be things happening at the parish, at the diocesan level as well over the coming weeks and months leading up to the Congress that people can participate in locally and I hope that they do. The other really neat thing that's going to be happening that will across uh, many different areas is the Eucharistic pilgrimage. So we'll be taking the Blessed Sacrament from the four corners of the United States, uh, starting up in Northern Minnesota, in San Francisco, down at the Southern tip of Texas, and all the way out East, I believe in New Hampshire is where it's going to get rolling. There'll be Eucharistic pilgrimage that takes place from these four areas, heading to Indianapolis starting in May of 2024. And that's going to cross lots of areas in the United States. So I think that would be a great way for people, if that's coming near you, if it's within 100 miles, go and join, walk for a little bit, join one of the events that will take place along that pilgrimage. That's not only a great thing for uh, people to do who are going to uh, be unable to go to the Congress, but for people who are going to the Congress as well, join in that pilgrimage route. And if you are going to the Congress, get your tickets, get your event passes and pray. I think start praying for ongoing revival uh, for what God has done, is doing and will do.
0: All right, well, we are looking forward to being with you in Indianapolis, Joel. It's going to be a fantastic time of faith. And as you said, just one moment in this revival, but it's going to be a pretty big moment. So eucharisticcongress.org is the website to go for more information. I'd like to thank Joel Stepanek for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. And for our YouTube viewers watching this interview after the fact online, I want to know in the comments below, you know, what are you most looking forward to over the course of this Eucharistic revival? In our diocese here in St. Louis, we've been having these wonderful talks and these wonderful healing services. I know in Springfield, Illinois, they've got some fantastic things going on. What's going on where you're at, and what do you love about it? Drop it in the comments below.
3: A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. It has
0: been just fantastic to speak with Steve Wood so many times over the past few weeks, asking these questions about worldview and youth. And I actually am reminding myself that even though I am hitting middle age, there are some of these things I need to be covering myself, not just so I can be a better parent, but to remind myself of the place in God's creation that I occupy, who he called me to be, what he intended me to be. And Steve, last time you were with us, we were asking the question, what's wrong with the world? And the answer was pretty simple. We're separated from god through original sin and the effects of that in life and uh once we realize there's no amount of self-help that can put us back together it has to be a restored relationship and that has to depend on god it really changes what has become our, our seventh question in my mind what's really happening in the world i feel like i've gone to the eye doctor and they've done the whole one or two three or four and now i found oh i found the correct lens at which to look at all of this
4: well, you know, it's it's a whole, and I emphasize again, you can't just pick one of or two of these last questions and hope to convey worldview to young people, because these foundational questions like, just where do I come from? Where's my origin? Or what's going to happen after I die? Or what's my purpose here? It's one of the leading questions of our culture, Christian and non-Christian. And so these things have to be dealt with but you also want to know what's going on in our world. And I must say, just try to be nice about this, I think a lot of Christians miss what is actually happening in our world. I'll try to make it as simple as possible. Most people's expectations, including the great Jewish expectation, that our world is flawed, due to original sin, it's going to go through a certain amount of history, and at the end of history, Christ returns, and then everything changes, okay? That is not what Jesus came to do. There is a great surprise in that the things that the Jewish hope and the Jewish prophets look for in the end of time invaded time, invaded history, B.C. and A.D., and much of what we were to look for at the end of time has already started. Now the externals, you and I, Adam, we look pretty much the same whether we're a Christian or non-Christian. But St. Paul, this is a key verse. It's Second Corinthians five seventeen, says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation." The new creation we thought that's the end of history that's when everything changes but no if you're in christ that's being faith and baptism you're a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come and this is just earth shaking and you know one of the questions parents should get really because if you're a good parent you're trying to steer your kids in today's world well we don't do everything every everybody else does okay? Um, there, there's a little different guy. Well, why should we? Well, this is the reason. There's two paths now. There was one. We were all going the same way, but if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be living now because the miracle of a new birth and the Holy Spirit in our lives enabling us to live as we were in the future. And so a lot of young people, just be quite, what I say, frank about this, find conceptions of eternal life extremely boring, okay? Uh, there's a cartoon that appeared in the New Yorker, it showed two guys in kind of a translucent uh, choir robe, and one guy said to the other, I wish I brought a magazine, you know, it's just boring, okay? Well, that new heaven and new earth at the end of time Christ comes from heaven down to earth, and our catechism says heaven is where Christ is. Christ is on a renewed earth where there's no sorrow, suffering, death. There's beauty. There's animals. There's trees. There's rivers. There's fruit trees. It's a restored creation with the generations that have believed and trusted in Christ, enjoying eternal life together. So we are supposed to be living now, not just as Christians during the one hour we're in mass, but our whole life is to have a whole different orientation. And for young people today, the effect of the media of all kinds and social media and the heroes, so to speak, of young people have such a pull, incredible pull, and You know, you can use certain things as a parent and guard your children from them when they're five, six, seven, eight years old and such, but let them get a hold of a driver's license or a smartphone or go to college. They're going to be pulled by the strongest cultural force that I think people have ever encountered. Once uh, a child reaches the teen years or young adult years, they're going to feel this pull. And the difference isn't the experience External force, but the internal transformation by the renewal of your mind. And that's why if you want a renewed mind, uh, if any teenager or college student or parent has a smartphone, you can get the whole Bible and very easily listen for five or 10 or 15 minutes and each day have that transformation take place because we're supposed to be living like new people and it begins with a transformation of our minds.
0: Steve, I'd like to ask you a question right here because, I mean, I know that my family, we're kind of the odd ones out, that we have a phone that we give our son when he goes out with his friends. We've got it pretty well locked down. We're trying to teach him how to use the Internet responsibly and our kids, and we're doing our best to to give them a firm foundation and shield them now, knowing that they're going to need the foundation later, uh, but we're not always going to be able to shield them. So how do we teach them to to navigate this world. And is that why this question is so important that we can't, you know, turn a blind eye saying, well, I don't, I'm not interested in what's happening in the world. I'm interested in what's happening in the faith. But if we've got kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, uh, people we care about, we have to know what those forces are out there pulling them so that we can make sure we're giving them the right foundation?
4: Well, you do... And we know what's going on. We live in the world. We can't quite escape it. But the way to live as a Christian isn't external conformity, particularly as, again, you hit the teen years, young adult years. It's the inner transformation. And Psalm 119 asked the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to thy word. And the word isn't something external. It's something internal. And just like Jesus was faced with temptation, what did he do? Three times he said to Satan's attack, it is written, it is written, it is written. He had it internalized, and that transformation is what he did is a pattern for us to be transformed, to be like Christ. And really we need something is out. I mean, it's only good while you have younger children. When they get older, um, they're going to have to have it inside. And that's why I mentioned in our last episode together, uh, parents had called me. I'm like, what did we miss? Because they had the perfect external environment. But we need to prepare our children to have that internal change taking place when they go out by themselves into the adult world
0: wonderful well steve uh, thank you so much for taking the time over these past few weeks to go through these seven questions with us and really break it open that we have to know who we are we have to know who we were created to be we have to know who god is we have to know what truth is so that we can address these questions that we find ourselves asking what's wrong with the world What's the solution? What is happening here? Uh, If you've enjoyed these conversations, I want to remind you, you can share them in our podcast, the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. And to make it easy for you, we're going to put together a bonus episode that is all of the segments we've done with Steve Wood, on these questions of youth and how to form a proper worldview. We'll have that up in the next day or so here. So be sure to check that out wherever you get your podcast, just search Roadmap to Heaven Covenant Network, and you will find us there. Steve, I look forward to the next time we get to have you on the show here.
4: Thank you, Adam. And just add a little PS, the key topic for apologetics for youth today isn't traditional Catholic apologetics, it's cultural apologetics. Cultural apologetics 101 we've already covered. It's the world view. And once you have these questions answered, then you can go answer all the tough questions that are going on in our culture and that our kids have.
0: Well, thank you Steve for sharing that with us. Uh, as a parent, I am very grateful for that knowledge. We are going to
3: take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Daily offering. God the Father, I thank thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me, infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection, I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen.
0: We are wrapping up our week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement on the topic of when we think we know better. And yesterday, I said, I, I love this because I feel like every day we get to introduce the word of the day. I've often been thinking, can we have something drop out of the ceiling if someone says the word before we get to it here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement? But all joking aside, it's a serious topic. And Patty, how are we going to wrap up this week?
5: Well, it's been a tough week because we're talking about when we think we know better in areas of church, of the church, and um, when people get get upset they 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 really do and so we've talked about humility and obedience trust faith today the word is unity and this is an important word because the devil wants nothing more than to put a wedge between us and the church the devil wants nothing more than to portray this church of ours the beautiful catholic church in a negative light and to get people upset to get them to protest and then leave the church, stop going, right? So whatever it is that we think we know better, I just want to say stay, stay in the boat. We've talked about the Catholic faith and the Catholic church as being a boat. Stay, stay in the boat, stay with the church. I will tell a quick story. I will never forget I was speaking at a conference and Father Wade Menezes came to my rescue when a woman approached me and challenged me why I was not wearing a dress. I was speaking and I was wearing a pantsuit that day, and I really wear a pantsuit because I have to attach a microphone clip to my waistband. So I had a pants and a jacket on, and she was very angry and upset that I was not wearing a dress. Father Wade Menezes, who was sitting in his cassock, said to her, and look, I'm wearing the dress. But he said to her these words, Madam, the church is the boat. And the church does not require that she wear a dress. He said, you know, it does not matter if you fall out of the boat on the right side or the left side. You have still fallen out of the boat. Oh, that was just words of wisdom. So so very often we think, you know, we're holier than someone else. We know what's right. We're upset about this issue, that issue. And Father Wade Menezes, he taught me it doesn't matter if you fall out of the boat on the right side or the left side, you've still fallen out of the boat. We have to stay in the boat. The boat is their faith. So be careful. I just want to say this. Be careful. If you become so consumed by being upset over a particular issue. Of your protest. Be very careful because in your protest of something, you may find yourself becoming a protestant. Protestant means protest. And when we get all upset and we think we know better about this and that and everything else, we become a protestant, (laughs) if you get my play on the words. So stay, we need to stay in the boat and maintain unity.
0: Well, that's enough for me to want to stay in the boat right there. Patty, thank you for this week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement and walking us through these five words again, humility, obedience, trust, faith, and unity. If you are in the Fulton, Missouri area, there is a fish fry tonight put on by the Knights of Columbus Council 4454. Serving fried fish, french fries, mac and cheese, slaw, homemade desserts and drinks at St. Peter Church. That's 700 Route Z in Fulton, Missouri. Be sure to check that out. I know that there are several fish fries throughout our listening area, and I'm always curious, what what are the ones you love? Drop me a line here at the station. Send me an email or get in touch with us. Uh, We we love to know what fish fries are good because we like to go to fish fries and eat fish, you know, and I I think I'm going to my parish tonight. The kids need some service hours. The fish is solid. and. well, that's all I'll say about that. It's just a good old-fashioned fish fry. Uh, whatever you do today, you know, you're, you might be saying, Adam, i, I got to get back in the swing of this and this meatless Friday. You know, before it was no pressure because, you know, but now there is all this pressure because I don't want to mess up. It's the season of Lent. All right, well, don't sweat it. You know, Ash Wednesday for dinner, I had a bowl of cereal. And I lived. I did just fine. The kids were amazed. Like, what? We're not going to eat real dinner. I said, You can eat real dinner. I made them crackers and fruit, and I told them they could have cereal and they could have cheese. We had a nice little charcuterie, minus the uh, salamis and and whatnot. And they said, Oh, we need to eat real food. No, no, we'll be fine. Uh, Next week on the show, we're going to dive even deeper into the season of Lent, talking about corporal works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy, and more. So be sure to tune into that. Don't forget, every time, whatever it is you gave up for the season of Lent, every time you want that, just pray, Lord, help me to want you more than that. And if you need some more encouragement, we do have that video of Father Wade and I uploaded on our YouTube channel Uh, Just search Covenant Network Catholic Radio. You'll find it there on the positives and negatives of Lent. And if you want to hear more about the Eucharistic Congress, Joel Stepanek and I had a little bit longer of a conversation about it. We will have that up for you as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven today and all week this week. We hope you've had a great week. We hope you have a great week next week. And don't forget, pray your rosary today.